Headed to Suitland. Yeah. And that's two sermons down there. One here. I look young, but I'm not as young as I look. Pray for me. You on spring break? Finally? Good to see you. The whole week? You're not working, are you? Okay, sleep in. When they go eat all the food you want. Don't clean up, do nothing. You on spring break. Yeah. Amen. Uh, how was virtue? Good. Destiny. How, how, how was it, Death? Lord have mercy. I know you did your thing. You keep on going. When you become president of the United States, just make sure I get my old folks' retirement money. And everything will be all right. So proud of our young people. Yeah, see that? Tell them that life is good in the church. Amen. Anytime our young folks want to do something good, and especially for the Lord, somebody need to say amen. Those of you who are visiting who may not be members of the Church of Christ, we say welcome. Happy that you're here. So glad that you decide to be with us this morning. And if you're from another congregation of the Lord's people, it is good to see you. It's so good when we can come, open God's book, study his word, which is to able that to save our souls. And those of us who labor here at East Baltimore, we expect to see you on Sunday morning. Um, I'm going to get some of this this morning. And I'll give you the rest of it later on. It's a four-part series. And I gave you some last month. And I'm going to give you part two today, and then between somewhere in the next couple of months, we'll finish it up. I'm walking because they told me that when they Skyping or whatever the thing they were doing up here, the video, I can only go from this chair to this chair. So I told them, don't use it when I'm preaching. Because they're trying to box me in. I don't like to be boxed in. I, I can't take an MRI. Not a yeah. If I'm in an elevator for 15th floor, I'm shaking. Because I can't. So y'all, so, Don, I may never get back there to see you no more in my preaching career, unless you're going to move up some. So, it's so good to see everybody. Are we ready, Sister Stevens? 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 
verse number 18, the passage that Brother Boone so ably read into our hearing. The Apostle Paul writes this letter to the church at Corinth. And he said some things in chapter 1 that is germane to our Christian life. And so let's see what he says. We ready? For the preaching of the cross to them that perish foolishness. But unto us who are saved, it is the power of God. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. The preaching of the cross. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. The cross. If it had not been for the cross, we will not be here today. I know we lift up the church, we talk about baptism, communion, and all of that is great because it's in the text. But without the cross, none of this means nothing. Because, see, the cross is the combination of what God talked about before the foundation of the world. The cross. Without the cross, we will still be in our sins. Without the cross, we would be lost. And without God in the world. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 1, the apostle said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? He said, know you not that so many of us had been baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death. And in verse 6 he says, watch what Paul says in Romans 6 and 6. He says that the old man is crucified with him. Where is it? On the cross. On the cross. This, know this, that the old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Where is it destroyed? On the cross. That's where we get connected with Christ. We don't connect with Christ in, 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 in the church. We connect with Christ on the cross. And watch how Paul says it. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth, we don't serve sin no more. See, uh, uh, our problem is that we don't focus so much on what Jesus did on the cross. See, if we realize what 
Christ did on the cross, then we will understand our relationship with Christ. The cross is where is what God had in mind. And, 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 and see, here's the thing. If you study the Jewish religion, you would understand that the cross was one of the most meaningless death that a man could have. It's the most shameful death that one could ever encounter. And the Jews, most of the Jews thought it was beneath them to deal with the cross. That's why they got the Romans. See, if the Jews was going to kill you, they would stone you. You remember Stephen? They stoned Stephen. But when it comes to Jesus, they thought so much of him. They were trying to shame him to the mat. So you know what they said? They got the, Roman, the Romans and brought them and said, we want you to crucify him. We want you to hang him on the cross so the world can see. If you be the son of God, come down and save yourself and save us. If Jesus came down, then the, the, the determining council need not to have happened. Because that's where it was decided at. It didn't, wasn't decided on Mount Olive. It didn't decide, wasn't decided in the hall of Pilate. Before Jesus came into the world, it was decided that that's where death would occur. And that's where man will meet God. And so many times in our lives, we fail to realize the importance of this thing that they call the cross. But brothers and sisters, our fully understanding of the cross, when we understand the cross, then we'll understand what God was trying to get us to see in the beginning. In Romans chapter number five and verse 12, the Bible says that for by one man sin entered into the world. Going back to Genesis. Before sin, I always tell you all this, from Genesis 1 to Genesis 3, we were living forever with a relationship with God. But from Genesis 3 and 3 to Genesis 3 and 16, sin came. And the Bible said, for by one man sin entered into the world and death came by sin. Without sin, we would live forever. But now that sin came, man became separated from God. So now how is man going to get back to God? 
the cross. That's how we're going to get back the to, to God by the cross. And if, and if we will embrace the cross and the thing that happened to on the cross, then it would help us to understand our responsibility in Christianity. Job chapter 14 and verse 1, Job said, if a man die, shall he live again? It has to be more to man than man just live. And that's what the devil wanted to be. The devil wanted that man will come live, die, and that was the end. So Job said, man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. And when Jesus stood on the cross and said, it is finished, he's answering Job's question. Sure, you're going to live again. You're living again because I live again. He destroyed both hell and the grave. And when he got up, he made it possible so all of us can get up. And it all happened on the cross. And one day you saw him walking with the cross. Carrying the cross. See, the cross didn't do anything to Jesus. But Jesus did something to the cross. The cross didn't change Jesus. Jesus changed the cross. And he said, if you're going to follow me, pick up your cross. So many times in our lives, we don't want to carry the cross. Because we are ashamed, Brother Lucas, to carry the cross. Well, Jesus carried the cross. And every now and then, we just need to pick up the cross. Not be ashamed by the cross. Because without the cross, there is no redemption. Without the cross, we are almost miserable. And, and then the other thing that we need to understand with this cross is that when Jesus decided that he would come and die this death for man, listen, he didn't die for himself. He came and died for us. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus didn't show up here to live. He, all, he was alive. He always existed. He didn't come into this world to live. He came into this world to die. And the cross shows that. He's the same age. As his father and older than his mother. What kind of man is this? That even the wind and the rain obey him. It's the cross. You think Jesus first existed in John 1? No. He didn't show up laid in the manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. He didn't come here to live. He was living. 
He came here to die. And when he showed up to die, thank God he died. You know, so many times we say, I wonder why I, I'm so happy I'm not Judith. I'm saying thank God for Judith. Somebody had to portray him. I'm just happy it wasn't me. Because if he didn't die on the cross, we would be miserable. So I'm not, I'm not mad at Judith, Brother Lucas, because that was in God's plan. Who would portray Christ? Somebody had to do it. And so many times when we neglect the cross, we portray Christ. Oh, no, I'm not going to. I don't want to do that. Why not? Understand the purpose of the cross. Understand why it, it, it is in us that we should play our part as we are on the stage because a time will come when we must also exit the stage. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 1, Paul said, I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellence of speech nor superior wisdom. He said, I desired to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So I'm grateful today. I'm grateful for the cross. And I'm grateful today that he died on the cross. Because, see, if, if you understand, without the cross, there wouldn't have been Sunday. See, we say, well, I don't want to die. If you don't die, how are you going to get up? See, everybody talking about going to heaven, but nobody want to die. Live a good life so when death comes, you ain't got to worry about it. Sit around all day. I'm going to die tomorrow. That's why God keep it a secret from us. If you know you're going to die next week, you're either going to party yourself to death this week, or you're going to Stress yourself to death. No, I don't want to die. But if death's coming to me, okay. Yeah. Because, see, I know that death is not the end. Death is just transitioning to my next life. And I trust me, I got a next life. And I guarantee that life is going to be better than this because I'm preparing myself day to day for that life. But now if you ain't preparing yourself, you may not want the next one. No more sickness. No more death. Chalk trauma going out of business. I don't have to pay taxes. Don't want to go, don't go to work on a job I don't want to go to. And then I'm going to look good like I am for the rest of eternity. Who don't want that? I'm waiting. Now, if you're not prepared, 
for this next life. If you've done nothing in this life for the next one, maybe you don't want it. So, well, you see people trying to hold on. Look here, Doc, do everything you can to keep me alive. Why? Because they ain't did nothing for the next life. We got folks that, you know, they ask, uh, do you mind being a donor? No, no. I don't want to be a donor. When I die, take all of my, I want to carry all of my stuff with me. I sign up to be a donor. They might try to kill me. So they can get my heart or whatever. Look at here. When I die, they can take everything. Don't leave. No they don't have to bury nothing. Yeah. Because, see, in our mind, we're so afraid. If I die, Brother Lucas, and somebody could take something out of me and live longer, let them go ahead and do it. Gonna do me no good. Well, take it and bury it in South Carolina. Somebody in Baltimore can use it. Take it and use it. Because I'm gonna get something that never need fixing. Amen. Amen. Ain't that something? Yeah. And I don't want to live to be a hundred and something years. No, I don't. Hmm, give me 25 more years, I'll be good. Any time after 80-something, oh, go ahead. I'm done. Yeah. If I get 90, that's fine. I get 100, and they got to roll me around. I don't want that. Call them boys to look here. I've done all I can for y'all. I'm gone. Yes. Why? Because I'm prepared. Because of the cross of Christ. I met Jesus at the cross. And the reason I met Jesus at the cross, because the Bible said that's where the body of sin is destroyed. Paul said, I was determined not to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And, and, and one of the things that we must always understand God reveals it in the scriptures remember in Acts 8 the eunuch the Bible says in Acts 8 and about 23 Philip began at the same scripture every page of the New Testament carry us to the cross Jesus is coming then he showed up Jesus is coming then he showed up and then he showed up and then he left. And now the rest of it, he's coming back. He's coming back. And what are we doing in our lives to prepare us for when he comes back? You know, as we. Watch what, watch what this says. Let me show you something. For the preaching of the cross to them that perish foolishness. 
listen, just look at the text. For the preaching of the cross to them that perish foolishness. Now, why is that? Because when you are a foolish person, you cannot understand how could a man die on the cross and save me? See, because you, you, you're looking at it in your natural eyes. I would say probably the same thing. But see, I understand. He said, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. The cross is the power of God. And the Bible says uh, that, uh, uh, that the wisdom of God, 1 Corinthians Chapter number two, that the wisdom of God is stronger than the wisdom of man. We can't see the way God sees. God said, I'm going to save you with the cross. And, and how and how are you going to do that, God? I'm going to come and die. I'm going to die on the cross. Because that's where the power is. See, we look at it and say, well, the world look at it and say, well, if he died on the cross, you dead, you done. No, you're not. Mm -hmm. You remember when you were growing up, you had people say, when you're dead, you're done. That's the foolishness of man. That's not the power of God. When you're dead, you're transitioning. And, and, one, and the other thing that we need to want, to watch what the Bible says. For once it appoint a man to die, and after death is the judgment. Now, now, if you were dead and you done, there wouldn't be no after. After means that when something happens, after that, something else is going to happen. Sometimes we read the scripture and, 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 and we don't understand what it's saying. And it's so plain. Once you're going to die, after you die is the judgment. Now, if death is the end of you, there would be no judgment. So now, by looking at the text, when I die... From this physical death, now I'm going to have judgment. And judgment tells me where I will spend all eternity. And then, here what judgment also said. Judgment says, I'm going to get a body that's going to last throughout all eternity. Somebody said, well, how much is infinity times infinity? It's not longer than eternity. It's not longer than eternity. Because, see, eternity lives outside of time. How long did God live before he came into the world? I don't know. No. 
In Deuteronomy chapter 29 and 29, the Bible said, For the secret thing belongs to the Lord, and those things that are revealed belongs unto us. I got 70 plus years if I make it. But if I don't, I'm living in time. But the time when time is gone, eternity comes back. Well, how long are we going to live in eternity? That belongs to God. Which came first? I told y'all last time. The chicken or the egg? Search the scripture. No doubt in my mind what came first? The chicken. Hey, so y'all, you don't know which one came first. Yes, I did. God didn't make no egg. God made a chicken. And brought it to, Mo, to Noah, I mean to, Mo, um, to Adam, and Adam called him a chicken. And then God said, it ain't right that a chicken should be by itself. He made him a rooster. All you got to do is go to the scriptures. And when he brought the rooster to Adam, Adam called it the rooster. Brother Frazier, which one, which one in the boss first, the rooster or the chicken? That belongs to God. But I can assure you with all my might that the chicken came before the eggs. Because that's what the scripture said. And when we understand what the scripture said, then we, our lives would be more compatible with God. The Apostle Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And see, all we have to do, see, if we renew our mind daily, we'll never get old. You will never get old. Your age, see, it's a, it's a difference, Brother Lucas, between being old and aging. All you got to do is keep living. You're going to age. But, but getting old, that's a mental thing. Yeah. See, I used to run a good 40, Andre. But I don't no more. I know the between doing it and used to. See, when I did it, I did it. Now I can't do it no more. What's wrong with you? You got old? No, I just aged. God, I age. And sometimes we age gracefully. Some people age more gracefully than others. Yeah, that's, that's it. All of this goes back to the cross. And in our lives, when, when, we, when we find out and, and when we realize our place in God's plan, then we will embrace it more. But sometimes we don't realize our place in the Lord and we don't know how to brace it. Because you say, well, what is my role? God will reveal your role to you. See, sometimes we don't want the role that God revealed to us. You say, I don't like that. I think I could do more. Well, it's hard to say you can do more when you're not doing this. How you know? I was talking to a young man the other day. When he first 
came to work. Good worker. He done got there and then got complacent. I said, well, Jacob, what do you want to do in life? Well, whatever y'all want me to do. I said, no, what do you want to do? I said, let me tell you something. Nobody pays you for where you are. They pay you for where you're going. Well, I want to raise. You want to raise for what? Not for what you're doing. I said, they're paying you for what you're doing. That's what you're making now. A raise gets you to where they want, to, want you to go. And I said, you are young and you're vibrant. I said, what, what, what's going on? He said, well, sometimes I feel like people don't appreciate what I'm doing. I said, well, I can understand that. However, if you don't think people don't appreciate you, you can't stop. Because now they're going to tell you, you ain't cutting it. So translate that into the Lord. When you struggle with your Christian life, you stop doing something. Because if you don't, Look at those who tell you their lives, Christian life is great. They're doing something. They're doing something. And when you start struggling with your Christian life, think about when you were doing good in your Christian life. You were doing something. See, what the devil has done to us, he, done, he has lulled us to sleep and tell us nobody appreciates what we're doing. And full our time up with secondary things. That's what the devil does. No, you don't have to come in and teach a class. You can smile at somebody a little bit more. That might be your role. That's what be all God wants you to do is to smile. Your smile just brings life to somebody. But you're so upset that you never smile. And you say, I want God to use me. Well, he's trying to use you. He gave you good teeth, nice cheeks, and tell you to smile. And you frown all the days of your life and wonder why things are so bad in your life. Not everybody is to be a preacher. In the Ephesian letter, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets. Some teachers, some, why? For the edifying of the church, for the uplifting of the body. So do your role. And then your, somebody's job may be just to hug somebody. But you don't want to hug, you want to shake hands. So all of this, brothers and sisters, take us back to the cross because God the Bible said for God so loved the world that he gave that's what you have to understand the cross was not an accident the cross wasn't something that the Romans did 
That's why Jesus came. And he got on the cross and said, my Lord, my Lord, why has thou forsaken me? Oh, he could have called 10 legions of angels to come down. But that's not why he came. And, 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 and you know, sometimes we, our emotion, emotion builds up in us. But you know, when I see the cross, Brother Lucas, I'm not sad. I'm happy. I'm grateful. Who was that? Mel Gibson? Who, who, who made that movie, Passion of the Christ? Mel Gibson? You, who's seen that movie? And you think that, man, that, that movie was a horrible movie. He has no clue of what Jesus did on the cross. See, that was Hollywood. They just put some paint or something on that guy, but imagine that happening to a man. That guy in the movie got an Oscar, whatever they gave him. They cover him up with some paint. That wasn't the cross Jesus went on. They whipped him. He bled natural blood. And when the strip was over, he didn't clean up and went to the next movie. He went to the grave. But thank God, Sunday morning came. Sunday morning came. But there would be no Sunday morning without that Friday cross. Because see, brothers and sisters, in our lives, you're going to have some Fridays. You better believe you're going to have some Fridays. You're going to have some dull days. But I'm going to tell you, hold on. Doesn't matter how bleak your Friday is. Sunday morning coming. That's a, if you can hold out, for your Friday, get yourself together on Saturday, Sunday morning coming. And I guarantee you when Sunday shows up, it's a new day. That's what Jesus said. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. They nailed him, put him in a hole, and stretched him wide. And when they look upon him, if thou be the Christ, come down, save yourself, and save us. If he came down, didn't mean he was the Christ. Staying up, they made sure that he was the Christ, the Son of God that was able to die for you and I. Next time I'm going to talk to you about those three crosses. Because see, you must, we as Christians, we are the only hope for this world. And, and I, I tell people when I 
When I came to the church 45 years ago, we had to worry about denomination. We don't have to worry about denomination today. We got to worry about the church. It, it, see, instead of we bring a denomination going, we have brought denomination into the church. Instead of going and get denomination and changing them, they changing us. Because the church has gone old school. Yeah. That's the old time way. 2,000 years ago, that's not too old if you think of eternity. That's just a drop in the bucket. 2,000 years? Can you imagine? You have left God because this only been around for 2,000 years? And you're going to spend eternity in hell? That's not a comparison at all. Blink your eyes. That's how long you're going to live. That's it. That's it. And, and, and sometimes you have blunk your eye a hundred times and you don't even know you did it. Can you imagine? You blunk your eye. How many times you have blinked your eyes since I've been standing up here this morning? Just think of that. Just think of that. But none of that is compared to eternity. To eternity. Maybe you're here this morning. You're not a member of the Lord's church. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Believe with all your heart Christ died for you. That he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Repent of your sins. Confess your faith in Christ. And we'll baptize you in water for the remission of your sin. It's the cross that's going to save us. And, 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 and if we just focus on the cross, see the cross, picture ourselves on the cross, our lives will be totally different. We wouldn't focus on secondary things. We wouldn't worry about how people treat you. Or how you treat somebody else. Right. Just think about how we treat God. When God gave us everything. And we worried about meaningless things. Stand up. Let's sing. And give whoever need to come to the Lord a chance to do that. Have you?